Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. What up, queens? We're back. Me and Drea, season three. Yes. A little quarantine edition. We decided to not only record these as audio podcasts, as we've always done, but also to give you a little visual. Our beauty should be front and center. We didn't want to deprive y'all of the magic of our faces. So we've got a little bit of IG Live stuff going on. We got stuff going on on YouTube. So definitely check us out there because the voice is not the only thing we're giving you this season. Bitch. about scary movies yeah from people not typically depicted in scary movies <laughs> um so yeah thank you for sticking around with us we decided to move this on to like zoom but then do like upload it to youtube and then igtv um i've been like super uh, grateful for this in in, in the pandemic in the because like la is fucked like Sorry, my- it's like my what? dad being a, like, a fucking kid you hear about these little kids that come behind zoom calls my dad just did a moment like that he just came out of the pool in his swim trunks and just just anyway i'm so sorry it's really <laughs> rude and immature but hovering <laughs> well, um, what's that happening in, in la because you know why yeah, i know i mean it's just like now. fucking it's the wild wild west cases are up 56 percent because like yeah oh they were like open up the economy but don't do fucking shit and have no motherfucking regulations like people mm-hmm. out here not wearing masks not being socially distant not doing hand sanitizer not upset that the government isn't just paying us every goddamn month, every week to like other countries, every, other continents are keeping their people afloat. How do you expect people to want to come out and do shit if you don't want to help support them and when, in their dire needs? And, you know, I'm just like, I don't have time for it. I also, you know, I'll be back in LA shortly. I'm, we're seeing what's happening to these other countries too. The, the main culprits, Arizona, uh-huh. Texas. A statewide mandatory mask rule, a statewide. You should have been in masks, bitch. Like, what the fuck? Mandatory. Um, mandatory. I just, you know what? I want to get rid of this Rona. I want, you know, Breonna Taylor's killers to be behind bar. You know, there's just so many things. Like, I would just, like, I don't know about, we're talking about like, fuck, abolition and, and all much, that. Too much. But we got, we got that Jelaine bitch, that, that Jeffrey Epstein hoe. Oh, yes. You saw that. You saw that. That I mean, aside from the news, what else are you, what else are you consuming right now? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? What's going, what's, what's, what's in the drain Um, metabolism right now? I woke up the other morning, like four in the morning, started flipping around, ended up on sci-fi and I stumbled upon some show that looked like Duckman meets motherfucking uh, Rick and Morty. And it was called Gary and his demons. And it was, the episode I saw was that it was like a dude and his brother, his like super douchey bro brother with a Bluetooth. He gets ripped out of this dinner party with their parents by a demon and wings. I think one of the bitches was their date. And then she turns into a full on, like she rips her dress off. She's like a full on like suck to this bitch. And then they track him down to the woods and he's having sex. He's like humping this demon, like having a good time. He's like, go okay. save your brother. That's, and that's, so he's like, <laughs> and the parents are all watching this. And I'm just, again, four in the morning, I'm like, oh, okay. And I was intrigued, very intrigued. And uh, <laughs> a, a dire straits down, down and out dude who's, he's a, a demon slayer who doesn't want to be a demon slayer. And, and the, all the episodes are 15 minutes. They're like easily digestible. And again, is- I don't know if you remember, remember Duckman from back in the day? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it has like that look to it. It's real gritty. And then, it, but it's like paranormal Rick and Morty. 
Okay, I like I like that description. I I've been watching a lot of uh, uh, Ellen DeGeneres taking celebrities through um, haunted houses, which mm. is its own source you know, of pure okay, serotonin. So you just that, that Tiffany Haddish one. That's your first time seeing that shit. I well, no. It was, okay, I saw the Tiffany Hash, I saw the Lizzo one, I saw the Sarah Paulson one, as I was like, I, I had already sent you the Tiffany Hash one, and then I saw the Sarah Paulson one, and I was like, actually, that is me. No, Sarah Paulson is a, that's her favorite chick to scare on that show, the one where they have a it clown jump out of the box that she's getting interviewed is one of my funniest moments. I'm just like, I, I remember seeing that, and I was just like, I would... First of all, after the danger passed, I would slap the shit out of this bitch. Like, I would, that is just so rude. That is so rude. See what she's capable in those American horror story shows. Like, she's, she could do some crazy ass shit. Oh yeah, she goes there. But I, I really appreciated her when she would just, like, she would just hunker down in the middle of the thing, like, lay down and just, tell, like, shout at, like, the people well, in the well, haunted house. You're a bad wish person. It away. She would just wish it away. Like, yeah. you know, just pick me back somewhere else. She's a hot mess. No, it very much reminds me of you in the middle of the theater with your legs, like like crazy, like sex, like Kama Sutra style around your neck. Wow, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't help it. I can't help it if I'm very flexible, okay? We don't have what to put that to in the equation. Why are you trying to show me? I don't, I ain't interested like that. Like, I don't need, what, what do you mean? You're the one who said Kama Sutra. Nobody put Kama Sutra into this until you did. You got your taint out in my face in the middle of the theater. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you ain't shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, true, but true, honestly true. Um, but speaking of theaters, uh, did you see the news Alamo, about Alamo? Yeah. Yeah, they're officially, the furloughed employees and staff are getting laid off now. They tried as hard as they could. Now, they've moved into a digital form. So, like, I like many of their counterparts. Um, so, I've seen, like, they've counterpart, they've, they've uh, teamed up with, like, Swedish filmmakers and different production companies and a lot of independent and really interesting cool shit online that it's worth looking at. But, yeah, it's strange to be moving into the direction of no more theaters. Like, that's a reality for a long time. I miss it so much. I fucking miss it. I miss, like, because I remember, like, at the, I was going to the Alamo, like, every day. And we didn't have a show where we didn't talk about what we saw at the Alamo. You know what yeah. I mean? And, it just, I loved it. And, and it was just such an, like, I, I finally found, it was the first place I found in LA where I was like, oh, I fuck with it. Like, I love this place. Like, I love this place in LA, you know? Mm -hmm. And I can get there. I can like walk to the subway and then take the subway there. It's so easy. And then this motherfucking shit happened. And I mean, you know, I'm not, I was not- to be true. Too good yeah. to be fucking true. Like one like, thing brought me joy in 2020 and, every, and 2020 was like, bitch, who do you think you are? <laughs> we were having too much fun up in there in that motherfucker. Like I'm just- That was the uh-oh, where'd you go? Oh, there you are. Sorry, you spot, you paused up. I'm gonna keep going with it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, as much as we missed that, I, what's happening right now are driving theaters are getting the biggest go ever. So. One thing is how Tribeca just teamed up with, well, fuck Walmart, um, but all their, all their parking lots are now going to be uh, driving theaters all summer throughout, like until August or September, which, is, and they're gonna play only independent films. And, you know, I'm super for that. They should have been doing that anyway, you know? Like right over by you, Tommy, uh, uh, there's a drive-in that's gonna have, they're gonna play Evil Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. and you know, it's like if I trust, I know I'd be there if I trusted them motherfuckers wouldn't be outside of their cars, you know, but you know, people can't just go to a thing without doing too much. So anyway, that, that's happening with that. I, my parents live down the street from driving, so we're going to have to go see something. They're playing like the fucking high note and Invisible Man. So I guess that's what we'll be saying. Did you see the high note yet? You're, you're audios no i um i only heard your review on it and i've yeah i just haven't seen it yet there's too much coming out well do you want to tell the children what we're talking about this evening um i would love to do that 
I also, first of all, want to say shout out to Cavity Colors again. And this is one of their shirts. And shout out to Deadly Prey. This is one of their posters. The Deadly Prey Gallery, they do, they support uh, Ghanaian artists, 11 in total right now. This one's by Mr. Nana. And this is a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 poster that his reinterpretation of it. Oh, welcome to the prime time, bitch. Yes. Y'all. And that's one of my babies. So finally have a print that I like uh, from them. I got one other that you guys will see eventually. But yeah, tonight we're doing a tale of two motherfucking eaves. And one, a gifted special agent with serious impulse control issues. The other is wise beyond her years, but often not taken seriously even though she keeps being put in the middle of serious ass shit. So, for our act, motherfucking one. Yeah. Are you ready, Tommy? I'm re I mean, I've been ready, because we kind of already did this shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, can you pretend? Can you ask me? Oh I'm God. ready. I'm Jeez. ready. Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna, I'm gonna have to talk to you about this off camera, because I don't think I can say it on camera, but I have an opportunity. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, okay. Act one, Killing Eve. Mm. So y'all already heard us say what we got to say, but let me give you the rundown. I um, This stars Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer. And also we just got to get Fiona Shaw deserves Fiona right. Shaw, I mean, she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah she, she did the is shit. like a, a guiding light between them. Even when she meets, well, we'll get into it, but when she meets Jodie or Villanelle's character, she's mm -hmm. like, oh, so you're the one who really runs things here. And she's like, oh, yeah, I am actually. <laughs> you know, I, I am that, actually, I'm that bitch. Yeah, I am I'm a bitch. that bitch. Yes. So, first up, Killing Eve. I've been obsessed with this show since, since Jump. Like, I, was, I wanted to talk about it before we even had our podcast. And I just was like, when are we going to have the opportunity? I don't know if it even fits in, if it's bloody enough or whatever. I mean, but I was tripping. I was fucking tripping. And after like told, mentioned it to you a couple times, like I was like, listen, it's hella gay and hella violent and hella stylist, stylistic. And I'm just like, I want this. And it's two strong women. First of all, Sandra O, who mm. just, who mm. also dipped out of Grey's Anatomy at the perfect time before it turned mm. into the She's like, oh, I left my mark. <laughs> I still get paid for the mention of my name. And I'm gonna go and do better <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know, she just has, she is like good timing, but also like good taste. You know, yeah, I feel like taste. she was like, I see like, like, like the Asian version of like the white lady math meme where she just like, I see actually where this is going. And you know what? I don't need to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Huh. <laughs> I figured it out. Like, uh -huh. they're very, one of these breaking shit in, in the house. Sorry. Um, hope, I hope Nita's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's there's very few people who have, who have figured out that algorithm of like coasting a really cool career. You know, it's really hard to do that without getting roped up and like, you might want to do that one cool job, but that one cool job might mean that you, based on your contract, that you got to do five other shitty jobs, you mm -hmm. know? She mm -hmm. somehow was always just, nope, I'm cool. Uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll just leave. She did, she took the Prince route. She's like, I'll just make up a symbol. <laughs> <laughs> So like, but, um, what, what sort of, what, 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 what brought you to this and like what sort of sustained your interest and like what, what is, what, what is your read of Killing Eve? Cause Eve I kills mean, it, you know what yeah, I mean? Like strong, okay, first of all, you don't, you don't get too many strong Asian uh, female characters in, in depicted like this. And she talked about, I just read an interview where Sandra will talk about how she layers in her heritage into every single, uh, into her character, into every single episode you're getting a little bit more of who she is as a person and who where she comes from, even though the society around her doesn't depict that, doesn't show that. Mm -hmm. Like certain things she wears, certain things she eats, the way she kind of comes off sometimes, it comes from her culture, you know? Um, but she's a very adaptable. Um, how was it for you to, I, I was excited to re-rewatch this show, re-re-rewatch uh, this show, but what was it to like binge it for the first time? I gotta say, I mean, I had been looking for an excuse to get into Killing Eve because it's just, I mean, there's just so much stuff out there. So people was like, 
Oh, did you watch The Mandalorian? Oh, are you up on Insecure? Oh, you know, did you watch The Outsider? Oh, like, did you see The Marvelous Mrs. Too much shit. Oh, yeah, so it's so much of it. And so I needed an excuse to just sit with it for like yeah. just a week and consume only Killing Eve. And so I guess like what I really, what I came with, oh, yeah, okay, it's like essentially a love story, but you know, like when you have a crush on somebody, I think it's called a crush because it feels like they could crush you if they don't return your feelings. And yeah. so I think like this, like, you know, it's almost like, they, because it's so, it feels so dangerous to admit your feelings to somebody you're crushing on, it feels like they could end me. Like they could, like I could die if they didn't return my affection. And I think Killing Eve does what so much great horror does, which is it turns that subtext into text. Mm -hmm. So she could literally die anytime she's around Villanelle. You know, you've, that's a tension that's woven into the show because Sandra Oh is obsessed with serial killers, with female serial killers. And so she has the opportunity to like interact with one. And there's something so um, intoxicating and attractive about her and also something so dangerous. And it's just like, that's what a crush always feels like. You know, like there's something that it's like unprecedented. It's unlike anything else, but it also feels like I could, bitch, I could die. Like, you yeah. could kill me. Except in Killing Eve, she literally could. Like, Villanelle could kill Eve at any time. And I always felt that tension when they were in a scene together. Because you saw, you know, homegirl get slick and just, like, slice somebody up just like that. Oh, I mean, again, I, um, when I, I watched it, I, when it first came out, for, so I had to watch episode to episode, which I don't normally do. And that, it was hard. You know, like that show, like every episode ended hella dramatic. I don't know. I don't know, Dre, to have patience like that. <laughs> mm -mm. But I, I finally was, I had to break down because I heard so much about the first episode. I'm like, finally, I'm, fine. I'm just going to watch it. And I watch, I'm like, shit, now I got to watch, I got to wait for the next episode. And then I'm like, oh, my God, wait like three weeks. And I couldn't do it. And it was very, like, somehow they, they did that perfect blend of, it's very soap opera, but perfect amount of drama and, and, and like you said it uh, it brings up that those old crush feelings and and it takes me back to like teenage years like like adolescence because they're mm -hmm. both so naive in certain ways as as skilled and mature and wise as they are in what they do when it comes to love and all that like they don't fucking know shit yeah because like, they're because even though they're mature even though they're adults there's still something very primal yes this is all brand new to them and like upon first watch, I felt the same way you did upon second watch. It was still tension, you know, like how, why does Sandra under, like feel like she can just walk up on this bitch like this? Third watch, I'm like, I, I'm starting to see like they just get each other. And it's, that's mm -hmm. what it's like, a, it's, it's, it's true love. Like they see each other in something's eyes. When she, when she puts, even though I would have knocked the shit out of Sandra with that scene where they're going to, to uh, save that annoying ass skinny dude uh, from in the field. He's getting chased down by Villanelle and they and Sandra comes to, she's like, come this way, we'll be in the car. She's got her homegirl in the back, other dude in the back and they're like, bitch, drive. She's like, oh, I'm gonna go outside of the car and wave at this bitch. And like, and she's pointing a gun at me. Again, all that is just like, no, that doesn't quite work. But the only reason that works is because these two individuals were made for each other. Like well, that. yes, I mean, because what is legible above all, above anything, yeah. is that they feel connected, mm -hmm. you know, and that connection is like umbilical, like mm -hmm. it's inextricable, like they can't cut off from each other. And like, the, even when the relationship, well, I was going to say when the relationship gets toxic, but it's like literally they try to murder each other, like at certain points, like, you know, they, they literally, they want to like end each other's lives, like there's still something that comes that, that, that that they can't substitute with anybody else. I mean, with Sandra, a lot of it has to do with the exhilaration, I think, of, 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 of this new, of this sociopath, of this psychopath, of this person who's unpredictable to her. And I think, so, so it's like with the, with the exhilaration, I think with Eve, it's like the sense of peace that she gets around. Mm -hmm. With Villanelle, it's a sense well, of peace that she gets around Eve. It, it, it's a, a, there's a, a simpatico. There, mm -hmm. it, it, and yeah, so yeah, it's peace, but it's just like, oh, I see 
myself in you when I haven't seen this, you know, or there's no fear in your eyes when you see me. You, you, you're just trying to understand me. You're not afraid of me. Just like the daughter of Constantine. They have yeah. a very special relationship, like from get-go. Like, yeah. and, and all the women in this show all have these connections. Um, Caroline, Fiona Shaw's character, um, her and Sandra, uh, her and Eve have a relationship. Like Eve is fucking nuts, and, but smart. And Caroline recognizes that in her and guides her, you know, through, because Caroline's too cool. She's too fucking chill. You know, and I, I was still, I guess she kind of did explode at the end of season three after her son dies and everything like that. But you're Ooh, waiting. Do you remember when Carolyn was it? Remember when Carolyn was in the car and Carolyn. he pulls up to her and he pulls up to her and is like, or not you, Villanelle, sorry. Villanelle pulls up to her and like, looks like she's going to shoot Carolyn and mm -hmm. it ends up shooting the dude in the back seat. That, mm -hmm. I feel like that was the fear of God getting thrown mm -hmm. into Carolyn. Like, mm -hmm. she was shaky afterwards. Also gotta give it up to homegirl who played fucking lesbian Greyjoy on Game of Thrones. Oh, who was oh yeah, yeah. Daughter. And she got, <laughs> I forgot that was her. Yep. I didn't know it was her. And because her character is so different, because, because the actress is so good that the character was nothing like the Game of Thrones character. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, so that the daughter is, oh, okay, okay, that's wonderful. Who's the chick? I was about to get mad if she was the biker chick or the chick who uh, got teamed up with Villanelle and who she oh. killed in the subway. I'm like, that's so mean. But no, okay, I was like, why do I know the girl's face, Carolyn's daughter? And that's why. I felt the same way because I was like, who is this woman? I know her from somewhere, but amazing. I did not recognize her at oh, all. She's amazing. She was such a badass in Great Game of Thrones. Another, she should have ran everything at the end. Like, fuck. Mm. But, but I don't even want to think about Game of Thrones. Yeah, don't we don't give, have to get into the end of that. We don't give it no time show. on this show, Game of Thrones. No, no, we don't have to do this. We don't have to go there because that could be a whole um, episode about how I motherfucking hate this. Anyway. Okay, but so I, you know, obviously the best thing about this show are the kills, you know, yes. tacky today, but they are amazing. Um, we covered some of them, but I feel like, you know, we could still just go ahead and just do a rundown of, you know, who we like. So, you know, how about you start off with, you know, again, okay. let's just do a rundown. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, so few people actually saw our IG live TV show. It, was, it wasn't as many people are there going to end up viewing this because it didn't end up getting saved. Um, yeah. My first kill, uh, my first favorite kill was the homeboy who got the pen in his eye. I think it was the, the first episode. Kill. The first first the first, kill. Yeah, I think it was the first kill yeah. because I can't do, like as a person who frequent, I mean, there's a lot I can't do with scary movies. Obviously I'm a jumpy bitch, but like when, it, when it's like things in eyes or like things in hands yeah, specifically, yeah. I'm just like, I can't, I'm actually taking yeah, no, out. Stabbing, a close stabbing, any of that freaks me out. Freaks yeah. me out. And specifically, I have a thing about pins. Yeah. I've had dreams about people being stabbed, not me stabbing people with pins, but people being like it stabbed in school and shit. Like I would have dreams of school and like kids, like, because that happened in one of my schools actually. I saw somebody get stabbed with a pin. So that's a whole other story. Uh, Are you <laughs> in a dangerous mind school? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> a public school, bitch. <laughs> public school in the 90s. Hey. <laughs> Uh, all we, yeah, where was Michelle Pfeiffer to save us from <laughs> that bullshit? <laughs> um, so yeah, that for sure. That then my, that was my favorite kill watching it. Even the second time I watched the season, I was like, damn, that's a good kill. So mm -hmm. pretty. The whole lead up to it. So awesome. The fact that she goes into his closet, wears his wife's dress, brings in his grandson who's right behind the door to come and discover his body. It's what like, is up with Villanelle and kids? Villanelle and kids. And looking at people's eyes. I mean, she's just lacking in something. Is she? Well, it's her. It's her lack of childhood, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, she's just a bitch, and she's like, I, my childhood got stolen, so I want to steal yours too. Yeah, she's See like, I'm corrupting these kids from yeah. jump, like. So, that one, that one's a, a humdinger. I am uh, my 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 favorite one from the jump is the perfume kill. I love the perfume kill. That perfume kill hits different in the quarantine. I gotta yeah. say, because like it's a respiratory pandemic. I'm already I'm like already like 
already feeling like tightness of breath, like in anxiety. And then like that lady sprays the perfume in her face and she's like, <gasps> and I was like, oh no, am I doing it too? <laughs> but it was, I also love the fact that she was playing into like this woman's vanity, you know, mm. like, oh, I named it after you and this woman didn't have time for it. And she doesn't give a fuck. First of all, Villanelle was going to talk to any motherfucker like, and she was playing to their shit. Um, well, I, 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 as, in terms of like words and staging, like it's playing on her vanity while she's at a literal vanity. Like she's mm -hmm. sitting down well, in front of the mirror. Of vanity. Yes. I, you know, my ass didn't even notice that, right? Like, uh -huh. oh, that's it. great. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Huh. Um, and and that first season is written by Phoebe Waller Bridge, and who we have to give you know some commendation towards because she's she's the shit. She's really cool. I really, I really like what she did with that yeah, season. Yeah, killing it. And um, the, what's your, your next kill? So my next kill is, well, there's the one when she, okay, in terms of, I love, I love me some dramatic tension where we know something that the character doesn't know. So when that dude goes to, I think it's season one, the dude goes to, um, it's like Berlin maybe, he goes to like the sex dungeon mm -hmm. to get, you know, beat up a little bit. And it's they tell him to say yeah, and he tell me safe word and all that kind of stuff. And like, obviously, the person is gonna be Villanelle, right? And so he is a, getting into the, he's he's voluntarily another good ass wig, another good ass wig, just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's like voluntarily getting into this situation wherein he's vulnerable in front of Villanelle. We know who she is. He doesn't know. And I feel like I was just like. You know, my jumpy ass, I was like, oh, no, what's oh, going to well, happen to this so you, have, you actually um, retain some of those, those those organs that I don't have, so I got a I, couple I, of testes on my body. I got that situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm over here like, that must be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, no, I felt it. I felt she it. She clamp. She said clamp. <laughs> And so I, my whole, my whole spirit was like, oh! that was I me. Mean, if I was, felt it, then I know you felt it. Like <laughs> that was, that was a humdinger. Yeah, that took me oh. out. I was like, I have to, I have to watch Bob's Burgers. And like, his safe word was like, Cthulhu, Cthulhu. And <laughs> 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 you ain't shit. You're like, bitch, there ain't no safe word in this room. <laughs> Um, oh. And also, I mentioned the wig, and I just want to go back real quick and just mention, I just want to give a shout out to Miss uh, Charlotte Mitchell, the costume yes. designer for this show, because the costumes are just as, just as important to every character and to every episode as the writing itself. Like, she did such a beautiful job, right, Tommy? Like, I mean, I, I was, it's funny because if you watch it, and it, like, fits so well into the like the visual feast of the world that we're in. But then yeah. like, I'll look at it like, but it'd be like, but if I saw this woman walking down the, sh this is not an innocuous costume and she's trying to fit in, but she looks she's stunning. I would just be obsessed with her. That, that's, a, yeah, she wants to stand out. She, by standing out, she fits in, you know? I mean, and that's the whole difference. I think it's like, isn't the third season where there's that, is it third or second season where there's that other assassin ghost who like, second she's season. not, she, and then she's not ostentatious in her assassinations. They oh, no, are you don't, you don't know who it is until they run up on her. Right. You don't and, know. And, and Eve, I mean, and, and, and Villanelle, no, she wants you to know. She yeah. wants to stand the out. She's where somebody. Where runs up on her in Amsterdam and is like, oh, can I take a picture of you? And she's like, absolutely not. Like, get a fucking <laughs> job. <laughs> get a fucking job. <laughs> That's the best thing in the world. Um, okay, my next kill um, is Nadia because because she, oh, like, oh. she got killed like twice, three times. This bitch, she got Villanelle took her job is what you've come to learn, and then took her position. That where she Villanelle's at as this assassin is where this chick's but Nadia is supposed to be at. And then next time she meets her, Villanelle runs her over, thinks she kills her. And then she, and then that stressful ass uh, part, those episodes in the prison, where where she eventually has ends up killing her again. 
I'm just like, this Nadia must be feline. Because she had, how many lives does she have? She has so I'm many like, how lives. Did, why is this your line of work, Nadia? <laughs> <laughs> Love yourself. Like, <laughs> you could have gone in the countryside, girl. Come on. <laughs> but that didn't happen. No, and, yeah, so that Nadia was, breaks that was my good. heart. Yeah, Nadia breaks my heart. Uh, my other, I had another one that was, speaking of the countryside, when Villanelle goes back, or yeah, when Villanelle goes back home, and she realized, and like, you know, there's like a real serious emotional beat there where she's like trying to find her family. And I think she thinks that like, if she finds a connection, she will somehow no longer be a psychopath. Mm-hmm. But then she kind of realizes like her mom ain't shit. And she's like, I think I have to kill you, mom. And yep, mom's like, uh, oh yeah, I gotta kill you. Yeah, you're you're a bitch. <laughs> but but I loved it because I love those. It wasn't that her experience was ultimately forsaken. It was rewarding because she actually found a connection with her brother and, and with the, her little her, nephew like, or whoever. Nephew-ish cousin. I didn't really I didn't really know what the connection there was. And John. Yeah. <laughs> And so she like puts on the gas, like first like murders her mama somehow, puts on the gas, blows up the, the house, but knows that her brother is staying in the farmhouse and that like she tells the little kid, go to the farmhouse, there's something special for you. And it's just like a shit ton of money to go see Elton John. And I was like, I'm not crying, you're crying. I'm, I'm not a crying bitch, I don't do this. But it was, I felt, <laughs> that, emo- I felt that emotion, I felt that emotion. I did too, I did too, that was sweet. Um, my next one is i'm trying oh death by knitting needle um yeah so when she gets after she gets well whatever after she gets a shot no stabbed by eve in season one um we she is trying to get her shit together looking like a hot ass mess villanelle's running around season two she gets picked up by this dude julian who was in i was trying to think of this name when we were talking about what we do in the shadows the guy that picks her up that looks like in the remember in the grocery store or nobody gives her the time of the day and then she picked this guy and he turns out to be a bigger creep than she is oh and, yeah. yeah oh yeah his name is julian uh his real name is julian barrett and he's from a show called the mighty the mighty boosh and that and matt barry was on that show a bunch a bunch of times from what okay. we do in the shadows who play laszlo um anyway that, that that whole scene was awesome like her she was her powerless and watching her like that and like stuck with this uh, this his mother with dementia trying to get out of this house that was and, yeah no because because it was it was a nice like reversal of fortune right because we're so used to her being manipulating everybody else and hyper competent and seeing the play like 10 like seeing the chess match like 10 plays beforehand yeah you know and to watch her like actually like be like I don't know if I'm gonna get out of this. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Oh, bitch! Uh, what did I just do to myself? I just got caught up." But but yeah, also in a in a, sh- in a show that is f- like full of like strong female leads, um, there are there are like it's like Eve and that. Remember when she got that other handler after Constantine? And you're just like, there there are these oh, men oh, yeah. trying to have power trips, and and it's like. I can't wait to watch you die. <laughs> like <laughs> it was Raymond. And both yeah. like, oh yeah. Oh Raymond was a piece of shit. Man, uh, you're not fucking What was your ne- what was your next? My number one, my favorite kill of the whole season was when Eve axed that man in the back. Well, that's that, Raymond. Yeah. That's the that handler. When he when because I've been waiting for him to meet his end, because he was a fucking bitch. Uh, and there were small interventions where we saw Eve almost give in to a kind of um, um, a, 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 a psychopathic theory to kill a man, like that dude on the subway. Mm-hmm. And her- Oh yeah, just, yeah, several times. She'd been thinking about it. So her ultimate ability to complete this act is to save the woman she loves. And then what becomes perverted about that is that she realizes that Villanelle had a gun the whole time and could have just taken that motherfucker out yeah. and want just wanted her to be a killer. Yeah. And that was that was like because it, it because was she, in her the whole fucking time. And that's the bottom line. I mean, I, I, yeah. I do believe that, but, 
but I, I believe, I, but it felt like such a betrayal because it was a moment where she did something. She ultimately did something that, like, I don't she think she actually yeah. did it. It was out of love and that she realized that she had been manipulated. And I felt that betrayal so hard. Yeah, like, I guess my third time watching it, like, I'm over it now, but I got it the first two times. But I forget oh that I cared the first two times. And now I'm just like, bitch, whatever, get over it. Just get together. Like, just Do get together. We, we got you, Karen. We got you, Karen. We got you, Karen. I got a hoard. Crimes of Right here somewhere. Uh, um, yeah. You got another kill? Yeah, I'll just, um, I'll just run through a few of mine just to be done with them just real quick and you just give me a little nod or whatever all right so all right. um death on display was fun where a homegirl where you know with the piggy costume and that's that amsterdam shit yeah yeah, yeah and then she's, he's like and then watch just finds out that his wife set the whole thing up for him for her to watch him get killed wonderful loved it um, loved it loved it death by bus was crazy when she pushes home that that uh group leader whatever in front of the you know and while sandra watches oh yeah yeah yeah. just to let you know i'm I'm still a crazy bitch we got something to say about that i want to piggyback off of that is that was that when she was pretending to be a new yorker uh yeah okay that actress has so many good accents new yorker wasn't the one it wasn't it it wasn't the one oh i was i um you know what I did with that episode? I kind of fast forwarded just to that scene because that was the most significant scene in it. But uh, yeah, she had too much German and Spanish and all that other shit going on. Oh, I know. Yeah. I was like, honey, I love you. I don't know what this accent is. It, just, this is and when she, I watched her on the Graham Norton show talking about they just would throw accents at her. And I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, she did a really amazing job with a lot of them. But I'm like, but the main thing that kept her mind was like, Nobody can do autumn accents. Like, you no, can't you can't do autumn accents. You, you, they're, they're like a couple you ain't gonna get. I'm sorry. Like you speak other languages. You know what I mean. You know how to act, but like that, that you American. Bit, but yeah, you did not nail that. As much as they get on our case about not getting the the their fucking accent right, like fuck y'all. Like everybody else gets goes off on us. Like we get to do it too. They don't get. It our wasn't accent. like it was not. It wasn't an American accent in general, and it especially was not a New York accent. It was confused. It was like a Madonna English. Uh, it was like Madonna meets Gwyneth Paltrow, goes to the UK, comes back to... Yeah, it was very... Like, you're right. It was like a Madonna trying on an identity and not yeah, really oh, nailing Lohan it. was in there, too, because she thought she was, like, <laughs> freaking from Istanbul or some shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, another one, Death by Elevator, the knockoff tie, pulls homeboy through. That was fun. Fuck I, him. I also liked how she tried to play it off because because this was deep ghost territory where they were like, oh, there's this other person. And she was like, it, it was so innocuous and natural. And he was like, you think that's a natural death? My God, bitch. Like, <laughs> really? Really? Um, okay. Another one. Um, let's see. Oh, duct tape. So this this goes back to Nico, and uh, there's a whole thing going on with Eve. So even Nico were just best friends. They were never like a real full on like they were. They just love buddy best besties. And mm-hmm. when he starts fucking around on her, he, I I get why he got mad at her, but I also feel I'm like she's so amazing. You should just ride with her. And I he know with that little that big titty cat owning bitch. I'm Gemma, like I'm, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah Gemma. I'm like. You are so in the way, so annoying, and I just could not stand any of that shit. Um, so I loved when she just got taken out. That shit was hilarious. And when she got suffocated in the storage space, yeah, that was hilarious. Fuck her. Um, and then the worst one though, the the meanest death to me. Um, we talked about this because you you were thinking about what was the most ruthless death, and I think honestly to me was the beginning it was not the beginning maybe the second or third episode of season three where she go, she gets hired in spain to kill some a bitch who's like a pianist and then oh, she the nanny and yeah. and, and like, she's like it's like torturing her like oh and i'm gonna kill the baby oh i'm gonna kill you and then she kills her i just that was 
really mean. <laughs> like, what, was what are we doing, Villanelle? Really? And she killed her with like a tuning fork because a that tuning, was. Yep, I had a tuning looking blade. It was like, I don't know, what the fuck is that going on? Um, so yeah, those are my kills. I, I want to end with this one, yeah. which was like my, I felt like was the most tragic one, even though when Homeboy got taken out in season one in the club, you know what I mean? Like uh, Eve's friend. Oh, yeah. My my least it was it wasn't that it wasn't a satisfying kill but like my least favorite death the one that I kind of felt the most was fucking Fiona Shaw's little boy. Yeah, well, I, I guess because I lost Bill, I didn't. I'll be honest because I the way I, I didn't. I guess I was distracted when I watched it. I, I was sad. I was shocked. I was shocked when he died. I'm like, what the fuck. And, but at the same time, I was just like, after Bill got killed in season one, I was just like, anything can happen after this. Any of these motherfuckers can go at any time. That was like, that yeah. was like their Game of Thrones moment. Yeah. You know, they did, they did like, that early on. So I was just, yeah. I was ready for that. But I, I didn't like it, but yeah. And, but and Constantine I, did that shit, right? Constantine did that shit? Yeah. That's why she, well, he was behind it. He, he had like a way to prevent it or whatever, but mm-hmm. he had something to do with it. No focus. But anyway, uh, should get, should, should I mean, we... yeah, I just, just, that is our, you know, the wrap up for Killing Eve. And I, I don't know if season four is coming on the way, but I, I'm, I'm here for it though. I hope there's like scissoring in it. That would be dope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, act two. Um, shall Go ahead. Get into the next section, I put on my ring light because it's getting a little dark in my apartment. Um... So our Scream Queen this week is Journey, Journey. Smollett Bell. Just and Journey Smollett. Don't I mean, who's that bell? <laughs> she can ring my bell, I'll tell you that much. Uh, in the 1997 supernatural drama, Eve's Bayou, written and directed by Casey Lemon, uh, starring literally, I love a movie that has no white people in it. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, the black cast, uh, and I'll just give a quick rundown of the black cast. Debbie Morgan, Lynn Whitfield, Diane Carroll, Sam Jackson, Vondi Curtis Hall, Brandon Branford Marcellus, Megan Good, Lisa Nicole Carson, Victoria Rao, and Miss Journey Smollett. I forgot that Megan Good was in this. I hadn't seen it in a very long time. Also, I, uh, I, did, I did not recognize her as that other, like, I was like, that woman looks so familiar. And then it was, it was like, oh, yes, as the other, like, sort of, like, witch character. Um, you know when a movie starts out, the summer I killed my father, that it's about to be some shit. <laughs> it's, um, and it's seven. And it's it, seven. It is on the by. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's a very particular Louisiana Creole Southern. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like... A, like a world that we don't often get to see depicted from like from the perspective of black people like we get we we can some we get some of that cajun or whatever we get some of we that, get that of, tennessee williams that uh-huh. kind of our version of it but never or the Anne rice you know what i mean mm-hmm. but we ne- we don't we don't really get this from like from the black perspective so i appreciated that i had it i was texting this adrea that like it is like when you, when you can remember watching Eve's Bayou and seeing Journey in this, and then also watching Birds of Prey and being like, fuck, it's been a long time. <laughs> like that little girl has grown up. And like, I was like a sentient, I was like a teenager and what, like, you know, like, oof, I'm old. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we ain't old. We ain't old. And that's all I got to say about that. I mean, I don't have wrinkles yet. Like, I don't have, you know what I mean? Like, the doll looks good. No, you're gorgeous. (laughs) Um, But overall, like, I think, like, my take even though I don't, I know this film is not a horror film quintessential, I know that the elements of it based in voodoo, based in the fact that this child's dealing with all these very adult topics. Her, my mother, I watched this with Nita and we were giving Sam Jackson the different names throughout it. Like, you know, he's just Dr. Ho. Dr. Dr. Ho, Dr. when Ho. I saw that in the, I saw Dr. Ho in the doc 
And I was like, man, Drea. <laughs> He's such a hoe. He's he a little dick around town. Oh, what you need, girl? You don't need no rubber tussie. You just need a little dick. <laughs> well, because he's like he's like laying it on um, Lisa Nicole Carson, who at the same time that this was out, she was like like America's sweetheart in Ally McBeal. Ally McBeal, yeah, yeah, she just so stunning, and uh, yeah, so just too many gorgeous black women. I also Lynn wanted, Whitfield, Lynn oh, Whitfield, Lynn, Lynn still like, looked like that. Lynn still, Diane Carroll in this. But Dan Carroll had the, the white makeup. She was having a fucking time of her life to see <laughs> yeah. everybody. That shit was hilarious. But the thing uh, about Lynn in this movie, like Lynn is like, she's not chewing the scenery. She is like devouring it whole. Like, I mean, that's, that's what she does. Like and old Hollywood glamour at every take. She's just like. She was made for that. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you want to go back and, you know, not, She's always been doing that. But if you want to go back to something, thin line between love and hate. Yeah. Hilarious as fuck. Yeah. Go ahead and watch that. Um, before we lose our time, I also want to just um, throw in there that the uh, director of the film, uh, Casey Lemons, was also the co-star in Candyman. She was the main Black female character alongside uh, whatever the, the white lady. What was it? Virginia Madsen. Uh, mm -hmm. She's she's in there. I think I hope she lives. I can't remember if the black girl lives in it. Probably not. We'll um, have to watch it again, and then maybe we can make her a, our screen queen some week. She, she had to be, but she also Miss Casey Lemons is also or uh, it's either Casey or Cassie. I hope it's, I Casey. it's Casey. I, I I made sure to look it up because you keep yeah, clowning yeah. me on how I pronounce people's names. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, yo, you know I will, and you'll do the same. Um, she's also the director of Harriet, which just came out yeah. most recently with Cynthia Erivo. And she did the, the Madam C.J. Walker special on Netflix most recently. Um, and she's also was the, the girl that Nicolas Cage takes home in Vampire's Kiss. Uh, mm. Before Alonzo comes in as a bat. Oh, no. She's not the bat. There's, there's other bitches the bat. I got it. We got to We got to cover that movie. We'll too. figure it out. We'll figure Simmons it out. We'll figure it out. It's going to get a whole episode because that shit is amazing to me. I was going to tell you, like, maybe, like, uh, my final note on East Bayou is when Lynn Whitfield tells them kids to stay inside the house, I got major quarantine trigger. <laughs> <laughs> when <laughs> the kids can't, can't go nowhere and I was hit like, by a bus and they celebrate. <laughs> Like it's you not us. Know, it's all good. It was somebody else. We can go outside now. <laughs> <laughs> somebody else got hit. No, what? <laughs> yeah, that was like major Rona vibes. You know what I mean? Like I was <laughs> not ready for. I I forgot that that was a part of the plot. The kids not being able to go outside because she and her sister had like her sister had like a vision, and then she had gone to Diane Carroll about some shit, and I was like. Oh yeah, that must be traumatizing for kids to have to stay in the house for three fucking days. Meanwhile, it felt like, like it had been how long? Because I yeah, when they said that shit, I was just like, I thought it would have been like a month or two. And anyway, there was a, the, the the movie and the characters' the story. It's beautiful. It, it the music is lovely. Um, growing up, that movie at the age that I saw it when I was about journey, uh, Journey's age. So, mm -hmm. and I hadn't seen any other characters like that, once again, at that time. So to have a character like that, talking about things that were very similar to me and, and surrounded by people that look like me, you know, it, and she was talking like me. She was getting in trouble constantly. And I'm so that kid in my family. <laughs> oh, you don't say, I can't imagine that on you. Oh, shucks. Yeah, listen, you act up, I will call your ass out because I don't give a fuck. That's how oh, that goes. Speaking of the music, so unrelated fact, uh, Deborah Cox's How Did You Get Here was filmed at that house because the director of that movie loved Eve's Bayou. Or the director of that music video loved Eve's Bayou. And the narrator is the the lady that does all the autopsies on Law & Order SVU, the black lady with the curly hair. Narrator. Oh. <laughs> was Nita the one who told you that? Nah, that, that's called... My eyeballs and I, I dropped that on Nita. And I was like, and I was like, why do I know that name? And why do I know that voice? And I looked, I'm like, Nita, you know who that voice is? You she, gave her some SVU trivia that she didn't know. I know that the world is changing, baby. It mm. is flipped up on his head.
should we close this out now? Yes, we should, babe. So I just want to say that um, you can catch us next week, same time, uh, or or whenever we decide to drop this shit. Yeah, well, uh, we'll, you know, you'll know. Yeah, we'll be talking about uh, Tommy's Choice for main discussion is Vast of Night, which you can catch on Amazon um, if you want to watch, you know, and know what we're talking about. And our Scream Queen of the Week is going to be... Uh, Sadie Mitch. Nenua from um, Girl With All the Gifts. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so Scream Queen is produced by Alexandra De Palma at Domino Sound. With theme music by Doc Allison. And I am Drea Aste Ready Washington. <laughs> and you can find me at Hey Girl Hey. Uh, I'm Tommy Teeves Pico. You can find me at Hey Teeves. I'm Tom, well, Tommy from the block. Like <laughs> Tommy gets around the block. Tommy no, be getting Tommy that block. Attack <laughs> Tommy attack the block. I don't get around the, the block. block. Okay, okay. <laughs> And oh, oh, and you can find us on Instagram at Scream Queen Podcast. <laughs> and on I at ScreamQueenPodcast.com. And send us love notes at Scream Queen or Scream 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 Queen at gmail.com. That's S-C-R-E-E-E-M Queen at gmail.com. That's the triple E. Uh, and in the scary movie of your life. You better scream, scream queen. 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 <laughs> 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 I think we got it. We did. We did that shit. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.